Jim Rowan, how you going? Another G1 podcast. I am somewhat keeping up with it. Uh, I mean, I'm watching all the matches, but, uh, you know, it's always a tough slog. And it's been a busy time for me lately, so I'm doing my best with it. But uh, there's been a, a few really good matches since the last um, four. I got through the first four, I think. Yeah, in the in the last podcast last week. Today is the 3rd of October. It is, oh, a gorgeous day outside. Uh, if a weather check is important to you. Okay, so um, getting straight into it. The, well, the results so far, I'll quickly cover. So on the 18th, the tournament began, the 31st G1 Climax tournament. And uh, that was the A block. Yujiro Takahashi defeated Kota Ibushi in a surprise upset straight off the bat. Great Khan defeated Tangaloa. Toru Yano defeated Kenta. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Tetsuya Naito in another bit of an upset, but um, yeah, fun match there. But I would say the best match of that evening was Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii, and Shingo Takagi came away with the win on that occasion. The next night, the 19th, B-Block began. Evil defeated Yoshihashi. Jeff Cobb defeated Chase Owens. Sonata defeated Tamatonga. And I think I'm going to give match of the night to this one. Hiroki Goto defeating Taichi. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada was a... Hold on. Did I say Goto beat Taichi? Because Taichi beat Goto. I've actually noted that incorrectly. I'll fix it right now. There we go. Okay. Um, In the main event... Okada defeated Tanahashi with, I don't know, 25 seconds left in the match. Uh, But I felt like they... I mean, that drama at the end is great, but it just... The match otherwise just didn't really need to go that long. Uh, So I'll give it to Taichi and Goto because it was action-packed. They had a bit of a break there. The 23rd was when the A block came back. Great Okan defeated Toriyano. Kenta defeated Yujiro. Ibushi defeated Ishii. And Zack Sabre Jr. continues his run, defeating Shingo Takagi. Uh, and that was the match of the night for me on that occasion. You'll notice that there's only four matches there. That's because in the A block, Zack Sabre Jr. put Naito away for good. He's out of the tournament. So now there's a bye in the A block. And then the other final... Uh, event that I covered last week in B-Block action. We had Tanahashi defeating Goto, Tamatonga defeating Chase Owens, Jeff Cobb defeating Yoshihashi, Taichi defeating Sonata, and Okada defeating Evil on a pretty lackluster card. Um, if I was to say, if I was to pick like the best match of this card, it was probably Cobb versus Yoshihashi, which really kind of is indicative of how much I thought about that card. Uh, Kind of the best of a bad bunch, really. But, okay, here are the standings as they are going into the first uh, event that I'll cover today. So in A block, we've got Great Okan on top with six points. Zack Sabre Jr. is 
uh, like Okan, also undefeated, but he's only on four points because he's actually had to earn all of his points. This will even out by the end. Okan's already got his points for beating Naito uh, when Naito forfeited. So that'll even out for Zack in the end. But also on four points is Shingo, Yano, Yujiro, who's already doing better than uh, last year in his G1 debut. Um, Kento and Ibushi are also on four points. Ishii and Tangaloa on two points. And Naito is out. Zero points and out of the tournament. B block, because no one's out of the tournament. Uh, in the B block, they sound like they're a bit behind. But on top is Okada, Jeff Cobb and Taichi all on four points. Evil, Sonata, Tanahashi and Tamatonga are all on two points. And Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Chase Owens all on donuts. Nothing happening for them yet. Let's see if their luck changes. The next event was on the 26th of September, Kobe World Hall. We had an opener between Master Wato taking on the U. The new young lion, Kosei Fujita. Wato wins with a double leg crab. The... Uh, they always seem to do that with the young lions. They'll, they'll kind of play their game and show them, you know, I don't need the fancy moves to beat you. I can beat you with the basics. So uh, that's the way it went for Wato. He says after the match that he's really looking forward to the best of Super Juniors and he's working towards winning it. Um, he mentioned about getting in really good shape. He wants to be in, in, in top shape for it. Um... And he has a bone to pick with Show. He he puts a target on Show. He, I think he kind of really uh, felt for Yo in that situation that uh, recently occurred. So yeah, he's got some big goals, Master Wato. Vegeta, on the other hand, he he says nothing else is worse than giving up, but he understands how far behind the competition that he is. Uh, in another non-tournament opener once again because of uh, Naito's absence Yuji Nagata steps in to face Shingo Takagi and in this one Nagata survives a pumping bomber but not the last of the dragon that's what ends the match in Shingo's favor and Shingo takes the mic after this match and um, to speak with the audience he promises that the original main event for this evening it was it was scheduled to be Shingo Takagi versus Tetsuya Naito in the main event. So he's um, apologetic that the fans miss out on that, but he says that it will happen very soon. He will win the G1 as champion. He kind of suggested, I think, that, uh, you know, that's why I have to win the G1 as champion, and then I can pick who my opponent is. Maybe I'll pick Naito. But um, then backstage, he, he just he compliments Nagata, says it's, it felt like a G1 match. Speaking of the G1, though, let's finally get into it. The A-Block tournament matches. Yujiro Takahashi versus Great Okan. Now, this one starts with Khan dropping down on his ass like he's calling Yujiro into his guard. If you kind of understand jiu-jitsu, if you, if you were to start, yeah, just sitting down. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, Khan, I guess, kind of... It's a, it's a bit of a piss take, I guess you could say. He's definitely not... Um, 
it's definitely not I respect you so much so how about you just come into my guard uh, kind of a move but um, yeah Yujiro really doesn't know what to do with it he starts kind of throwing these terrible little leg kicks while Kana's down there which is quickly punished into a knee bar Yujiro gets to the ropes and then smartly instead of kind of entering into this game of Khan's, Yujiro tries to, and somewhat successfully, turns the match into more of a brawl. He takes the fight beyond the ring. Uh, he uses Peter to distract the referee. But then again, Khan's happy to fight dirty, and he is less than pleasant in his comeback. Um, Yujiro manages to avoid it once, but the Eliminator eventually gets him, and that's how the match ends. Great Khan picking up more points remaining undefeated. And for an all-heel match, uh, they didn't really overdo the cheating, though it was a pretty standard affair otherwise. Decent match, nothing wrong with it. Backstage, Yujiro says he's already forgotten about this match. He's looking forward to the next one. Because he's looking forward to facing Naito. But it's Peter that breaks the news to him that Naito's out. He's injured. And Yujiro's so disappointed, he was looking forward to facing him for the first time in seven years. He calls Naito a moron, and they leave. Khan, he comes back, he's hurting, and he reminds us that the wrestlers, they fight with their bodies, not with their names. I think suggesting here that, the, that star power isn't a factor in who's going to win this tournament. He's always got something interesting to say, even if it's something ridiculous. But um, I think that's a fair point, and uh, he's certainly doing better than the big names. Um, I mean, he just went from six points to eight points, which is eight points more than Naito, who is one of the biggest names in the tournament. So, I mean, you've got to hand that to him, I guess. The next match... Oh yeah, that was the first block match. Okay, so then we got the the second uh, tournament match here. Toru Yano taking on Tangaloa. I mean, if the antics between Yano and Jado weren't bad enough, it's also a Tangaloa match on top of that. So yeah, went into this one uh, really confident and just just waiting to deal my five stars. Uh, Yano tricks the referee in Eddie Guerrero fashion by taking a dive after throwing Jada his kendo stick back to him. Kind of, you know, doing that whole, oh, he hit me gimmick. And then when that distracts the referee, he low blows lower and then rolls him up for the win. Not at all interested in this match. Tangaloa says backstage that he got Yano'd. He can't believe he got Yano'd. And he doesn't exactly know how it all happened, but he thinks Jado might have cost him the match. And then when Yano comes back, he says that match was tough, but he's happy with the win. The co-main event was Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenta. Kenta avoids Ishii at first, but he can't do it for long. Uh, not long either is it until Kenta cheats, using the ring bell to strike Ishii in the head. And then he begins working the arm to set up game over and also to mitigate the risk of an Ishii lariat. Ishii's comeback is stalled with the Basaiku knee, which gets a two count for Kenta. And then he manages to fight off Ishii's brain buster, then uses the exposed turnbuckle, followed by a roll-up and a handful of Ishii's belt to pick up the win there, Kenta. And it was more of a Kenta match than an Ishii match, so it was just a bit... 
I don't know. It was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Easy to watch, I suppose. Backstage, Kenta brings back his argument that Takagi should call himself the Hawk rather than the, than the Dragon due to his name. I think it might be um, Taka, Takagi. Like, you know, how there's the symbols for each. Yeah, it's something to do with that. It means Hawk in Japanese, and um, that's his argument. He should be the Hawk, not the Dragon. It makes no sense. But he also kind of sells it like, you're missing out on a big opportunity. Like, the Hawk's a good name. You should use that. He was doing this, um, I forget when he started, first started uh, um, teasing Takagi about this, but I remember they had an argument in person backstage about it, and um, Takagi wasn't quite as well prepared verbally as Kenta was. I just remember feeling a bit sorry for Takagi in that instance. But... Um, uh, yeah, of course, he's bringing this up because he has Shinko Takagi next. Kenta. The main event, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi. And the start of this match is great. It's super simple in what it's telling us. Zack wants to grapple. Ibushi, Ibushi wants to strike. Or more specifically, in this case, kick. And, I mean, there's just no need for the same old boring chain wrestling. They go straight into their story. Ibushi baits Zack into wanting to punch on with him. And, um, while he does it first, except that bait, Zack works out quickly enough that he should go back to grappling. And he starts targeting the arms of Ibushi. And that goes well until he goes beyond trying to break down Ibushi physically, but also mentally as well. He starts kind of playing with him a bit, kick him in the head, doing those... You know, those little um, insulting kicks to the face. And um, I guess he's trying to get into Ibushi's head. And I, I don't know exactly what he wanted or if he got what he wanted. But what he got was that murder Ibushi, which I don't know if... Is that his name now? Is that what we call it? Mur I've seen that before around the place, murder Ibushi. Um, so then they, they get into more of a striking battle again. Ibushi gets the better of it at first, but then Zack makes a comeback, hits a, a flying kick and then a power bomb, and goes back to attempting to tie those arms in knots. But at this stage of the match, I guess you could call it the, the second act if it were a film, it's, it's really interesting because the pace quickens and the advantage quickly switches back and forth. Both of them haven't yet got control of the match and, uh, of course, that's uh, each of their aim is to do so. There's an ankle lock from Zack that has Ibushi in trouble for a while. But Zack goes back to the arms, leading to a knee strike coming the other way. There's a bomaye that's turned into another brief arm submission attempt. The knee pad comes down, but Kamigoye is avoided and transitioned into what I believe to be called Clarky Cat Bad Balloon Remix. Um... It's 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 hard to it's hard to keep up with all the different submission moves that, that Zach kind of creeps his way into. You know, he just seems to be grabbing grabbing every limb and every everything and pulling it every which way. It's 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 hard to keep up with. But uh, Clarky Cat Bad Balloon Remix is described as an over the shoulder single leg Boston Crab and arm lock combination, and that's what made the most sense to me when I was going through his known moves so um it's a funny name clarky cat bad balloon remix 
but it was probably not that fun to be in because that's the finish of the match. The crowd gasp as Ibushi submits. Um, only about 20 minutes into the match, it definitely felt like it came out of nowhere just because, um, like I said, they were they were really still in that back and forth but it wasn't the same kind of back and forth, I don't think, that happens so often at the end of New Japan matches when they're both going for their finishes. I don't know, it just it didn't feel like they were up to that stage yet. So it still felt a little bit out of nowhere. Um, it's also probably not my favorite submission of Zach's, or it definitely isn't, I'll just say it. It, it just doesn't look as painful as a bunch of his other submission moves. Um... So, I don't know. It was a, it was a really good match. I really enjoyed this match. I think it was probably the best match of the night for me. Um, and I really like that the submission came out of nowhere because, of course, that, that should absolutely be um, in Zach's wheelhouse to just be able to pull out a submission um, and surprise you just with what he managed to come up with and, and the opponent just doesn't know what to do with that. And that's what happened here. I guess it just lacked, this finish at least, lacked slightly in that it just didn't look that strong to me. But still, very fun match. Enjoyed it. Um, And of course now Zach's the main event. So he picks up the mic and addresses the fans in attendance. He once again uh, begins by speaking Japanese and is saying nice things. He's politely uh, thanking the fans in attendance. But then he stops and switches to English and says, oh, I'm only taking the piss. He says he's beating everyone on autopilot. No one knows how to beat his soy boy techers. And then he addresses Naito directly through the camera, asking, Como estas? You know, how are you, Naito? Bien? Good? Um, just mocking, of course, uh, Naito, the, the, the guy he put on the bench. It's a fun promo from Zach, as it often is. But uh, meanwhile, backstage, Ibushi processes his loss and diminishing chances of having a successful tournament with his current record, uh, hoping, of course, to be... I mean, he, I, I don't know. I didn't go back and, and uh, kind of check this as a stat, but surely he'd be the first to win it three times in a row, right? If he was to win the G1 this year as well, 2019, 2020, and 2021. I can't imagine anyone's done that before. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's, uh, Ibushi didn't have a lot to say, really. And then when Zack enters, he says he really enjoys facing Ibushi, and he's happy to have finally beaten him. He says it's been four years of losses facing Ibushi. So, um, and then he, you know, he's got Ibushi, he's got Shingo, Naito, he's going through his impressive victories, and he says he's not even at his best yet. And, um, he aims to be the first G1, or the British the first British G1 winner. He's told up next is Great Khan. He says Khan dresses like an idiot, but he's very strong and not to be taken lightly, although he might need a magic carpet to beat Zack. <laughs> um, all right, that's it, A block. The Okan and his magic carpet on top with eight points. Zack Sabre Jr. on six points, but of course he, um, you know, two of the points that Okan have over Zack are additional you know they're they're the Naito points 
that Zach is the only one that earned those points. Yano Kenta, both on six points. Shingo Yujiro Ibushi on four points. Ishii Tangaloa on two points. Naito, zero and out. If there's anyone listening to this that has followed my podcast for a while, they'll know that I'm not particularly confident when it comes to adding up the points in tournaments. I just I just don't seem to be good at it. But um, hopefully those are correct. Moving along. On the 29th, Corquin Hall, B-block tournament matches. We got straight into it on this card. No warm-ups. We had Tai Chi coming out with Miho Abe against Evil coming out with the less attractive Dick Togo. And um, Togo's involved in this one nearly straight away. I just like just in case you thought this might have been worth watching. No, Togo's involved straight away. So, um, I mean, I kind of just skipped through it. Toward the end, Togo grabs Miho by the hair, which of course distracts Taichi and the referee. And then that allows Evil to land the low blow. Evil follows that with everything is evil, but instead of going for the cover, he locks in the Scorpion Deathlock while Togo holds Miho, forcing her to watch Tai Chi, who's just unconscious anyway, but um, obviously not in a good spot there. The referee mercifully ends the match very quickly with Tai Chi unconscious, because, you know, sometimes the New Japan refs will just be looking at an unconscious face going, are you going to tap? Are you going to tap? So, they uh, handle this one decently at least. But, um, yeah, not much of a match. Taichi's raging backstage when he has uh, awoken. He's running around looking for Evil and Togo. Um, Evil says when he's backstage that he's the law around here. Chase Owens against Sonata. This is a bit silly to start with. I mean, Chase is trying to do the paradise lock, and Sonata's just playing along, so he kind of lets him do it. And then he, I guess, makes him think that he got it right because Chase rolls him over and thinks, ah, I got him, yeah, and he kind of celebrates his little victory. And Sonata just stands straight up. He doesn't attack him or anything. He just stands behind Chase until Chase kind of backs into him and realizes Sonata's there and up and he wasn't as successful as he thought. And I think that's actually um, kind of indicative of the kind of match this was in that Sonata kind of knew that Chase Owens wasn't on his level but he wasn't about to make an example of him or anything he just kind of was like all right I'll I'll have this match with you which is kind of I mean it fits with Sonata's gimmick he's just kind of like yeah whatever that's cool I'll have a match with you I'm not really too worried um I'll take some punishment so we can drag this out a bit longer. I guess he just never really probably felt like he was in too much danger, despite Owens getting a lot of the offense in um, early. But uh, then Sonata eventually decides, all right, my turn. He kind of gets all his shit in. And um, as part of this comeback, or Chase realizes this comeback might be taking him too far away from victory here. So he grabs the referee so that there's no one to count the O'Connor roll when that comes about. But um, in fairness, he doesn't escalate the cheating beyond that because he kind of has the opportunity to take further advantage But uh, with, the, with the referee out. But he doesn't. He tries to win the match properly. He goes for the package pearl driver, which is uh, very nimbly 
countered into a Harakarana by the much larger Sonata. And then he stuns Chase with the Skull End, having him in that for a bit, drops him down, hits the Moonsault, and Sonata takes the points. Not too bad of a match, just a bit silly. Um, Chase says backstage he will be in the G1 for many years to come because he will continue to fight until someone takes him down and with Okada next, he considers what a statement it would make to beat him. Sonata, I remember, I forget who it was exactly, but he called Sonata, he called someone handsome last week and I thought it was a bit strange. It might have been Taichi. He faced Taichi, didn't he? And then this time he's like, yeah, uh, he calls Chase handsome, and then he's like, well, hold on. He corrects himself and says, well, his wrestling's handsome. The next match was Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb. Goto's having a, a rough go of it in this tournament. He's um, already hurting, it seems, and Cobb targets his midsection, which uh, has him hurting further, and, and is bound to just wear him out. The match is fine. I mean... I felt like it went a bit long. There's a a really slow power slam spot that Goto basically walked into and then just kind of leaped in like it just they looked like they were training. They were training power slams. But um yeah, I mean that doesn't really help the match at all. Uh he hits a GTR and it kind of looks like he's got a bit of a chance at the end. Um, because Cobb's been mostly in control of the match, but then Cobb just, as he does, he he can just yank people out of the air, do what he wants. He pulls uh, Goto into a tour of the islands to win the match, a match that was basically what you'd expect this match to be. Nothing more, nothing less. Backstage, Cobb assumes New Japan wants a Chaos Man to win, but he keeps beating them all, and he looks to go through the tournament undefeated. He's got Tama next. He thinks he's a bit of a loudmouth and he's happy to shut him up. There's a dog down the street having a, either a good or a bad time, but he's being loud about it. So I'm sorry if you can hear that. Uh, do not have a professional studio at this point in time. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tama Tonga, who brings Jada with, to the ring, of course. I mean, if anyone can have a good match with Tama, it's going to be Tana. So, I'll give this a chance, right? That's what I'm thinking. And Tama takes his vest off as well to show that he's trying and to show off because he's been working out. He looks good. Um, But, I mean, him trying seems to be that he just throws a lot of punches and then he throws in a sleeper hold. So, there's that as well. And Tanahashi fights out of the sleeper. So, Tama goes for his jugular. Literally, hitting a um, the the going for the tongue and death grip, and then there's a, a sling blade that's countered into a tongue and twist, and then Tama hits a sling blade of his own, which for some reason Kelly called the gun stun, and then Tama goes for the high fly flow, which looked really good. I mean, he didn't do it the same way. He did like the frog splash. The um, who did it that way, with the. Uh, you know how they kind of like they put their hands together and put their hands between their legs in midair and then flatten out to hit the move. He does it that way, but it was really good. And Tanashi is quite far. I think it was further across the ring than than in the center. It was a 
a good frog splash. But Tanahashi kicks out of it. Um, and Charlton suggests perhaps, you know, Tama might be trying to prove something to the other so-called leaders of Bullet Club by making this example of Tanahashi. But uh, then Tanahashi makes his comeback. He hits a sling blade. He misses the high fly flow and eats the gun stun. And instead of making the cover, Tama celebrates. So when he goes for the cover, eventually, Tanahashi not only kicks out, but he cradles and rolls Tama over to win by pinfall. And I mean, well, Tama looked like an idiot. Maybe I'm even bigger idiot for giving this match a chance because it was pretty average. But at least Jada didn't get involved. Um, you know what? It wasn't that bad. I'm being a bit dramatic. Um, it was just, I don't know. Like, that makes, like, how is Tama that dumb? But there's worse things in New Japan that are even dumber, so I shouldn't be that um, harsh, I think. I think I'm being harsh. Tama's ang angry backstage. He calms himself down and says he should have known better than to give Tanahashi an inch. I think he gave him more than an inch. You're dope. But he says he learned a lesson, so we'll take that at face value. Tanahashi continues to look at Okada as the pace setter in the group, or the block rather, uh, but he believes he he kind of comes back and does the old Tanahashi, I'll win this match, or win this tournament handily. And then the main event, man, this B block's been a bit average, Kazuchika Okada taking on Yoshihashi. And I mean, maybe, maybe the Tama match wore me out, I don't know, I just couldn't get into this main event at all. Um... It was, yeah, it's just moving a bit slow. Yoshi has Okada in the butterfly lock for quite a while. Um, and then uh, Okada manages to get out of that and put on the money clip. Which I will say, Yoshi's selling of the money clip was really, really good before he finally reached the ropes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people really on board with Yoshihashi recently. Like, oh, wow, how much has he improved? Look, I'll I'll just be dead honest with you. I think I think some of those people are kind of marky, and they just they're not really recognizing him doing anything necessarily better. They're just recognizing that now he's winning matches and being put in a more prominent spot. Um, I that's my opinion. I think that's part of it, but also that Yoshi's stepping up a little bit. Like I'll give him some credit, and um, you know, in this match certainly. Um, his, his selling was very good. And he is a very good underdog. Because he is definitely an underdog. Um, for better or worse. But, uh, yeah. No, he does manage to get to the ropes to get out of the money clip. Okada hits a diving elbow. And then the pose. But not the Rainmaker. Well, not on the first attempt, anyway. He goes on to hit the... Um, not the full ripcord version, but, you know, when he just has the wrist control and he hits a lariat. So he hits that one. He hits another one. Um, but then when he goes for the, the full proper ripcord Rainmaker, uh, Yoshi counters that. And then the match, you know, you thought, oh, finally this match is picking up. And then he just dies back down with another butterfly lock. And then he dodges another Rainmaker. Um, he nearly gets Okada with the roll up, but then finally the Rainmaker connects and this match finally ends I honestly this might have been the oh actually no there was that Tai Chi Dick Togo evil match 
other than that match, this might have been the worst match just because it went forever, just because it had the expectations of a main event. It had the expectations of an Okada match. It was just long and boring and nothing really happened. Again, it wasn't the greatest card, so maybe I was just worn out a little bit, but I feel confident that this match was nothing to go back and see. Um, And once again, the B block just, like, what is... I'm trying to do, like, at least what was the best match on the card kind of deal. Oh, God. You know what? It might have actually been Tanahashi and Tamatonga. Bloody hell. Yeah. Don't, um, don't be going out of your way to watch B-Block at the moment. So, oh, well, I'll get to the promos here. Um, Okada cuts his usual in-ring promo, another boring thing. Uh... Backstage, Yoshi says he wasn't even close to winning. He remembers his debut in Korokuan all those years ago, and now he's in the main event, so he's very happy with that. He's very humble, and I like that about Yoshihashi. He's definitely, he he's definitely comes across as a good underdog babyface, just not necessarily one that should be in the main event. Um, but he, and he oh, this, just what a darling he is. He considers this a confidence booster, despite the result. But he knows he needs a result next week against... Oh, sorry. Not necessarily next week. But the next time out against Tai Chi. Uh, and then Okada. He's reminiscing as well. Um, they both said about each other that they're, you know, they're special friends. And um, Well, they didn't say special friends. That sounds a bit strange, actually. But that they're special to each other. And that they are friends, of course. Um, they've got you know, a, a history that, that goes back to the... Certainly in their career... You know, starting at the same time or around the same time in New Japan. Um, so Okada talks about that, and um, he he says they might clash again on an even bigger stage one day. But uh, for now, he's just focused on the tournament. His next opponent is Goto. Um, he's asked if you know if it means anything that he's facing his teammates here, and Okada's just straight up like, "Nope, this is a tournament. I'm here to win. I don't care who it is." So, good to have Okada with his head on straight. Um, you know, I was thinking recently, I kind of... I don't know. Should Okada go heel? Like, maybe he should just start being super ruthless. Actually, I think I've talked about this before. I think I've gone down this track before. But I don't know. He just... He needs a bit of an edge, I think. Because he's just kind of like the guy that's good at wrestling and uh hey remember when i was really good at wrestling hey you know maybe i should do that again like that's his gimmick at the moment so anyway b block standings okada on top with jeff jeff cobb they're both on six taichi evil sonata and tanahashi are on four points tamatonga's on two points and yoshihashi hiroki goto and chase owens remain on zero points Okay, now the final match of September, that's what we're going to, we'll leave it here. I'm only, I'm only one event behind, in fairness, that's not bad. So I haven't seen the one on the 1st of October yet, but I'll either get to that today or tomorrow. You can hear about that next week. But uh, the 30th was in Korakuen Hall, the opener was Yujiro Takahashi having his Naito fill-in match against Bushi, and Yujiro picked up the win. Hitting his new finish, that uh, lifting DDT to pin Bushi. 
Bushi admits after the match that he can't feel Naito's shoes, but he can only do his best. Thanks, Bushi. So, the A-Block tournament matches began with Tomohiro Ishii against Tangaloa with Jado. And the last event tricked me into watching a Tamatonga match with the justification that if anyone can drag a good match out of Tama, it would be Tanahashi. Well, after that match, Tama talked about learning a lesson. Right? Well, not me. Because I went into this match thinking, well, if anyone can get a good match out of Tangaloa, it's Ishii. Actually, you know, it was, it was just, it was kind of similar in that it was... Actually, no, it wasn't similar. Because at least the Tangaloa, sorry, at least the Tamatonga match had that idea of, you know, he's trying to make a fool of Tanahashi. Whereas this match, while not bad, it was just a match, like nothing of note happened. Except, actually, there was one thing that... There was basically a shoot dropkick on Ishii. Tangaloa absolutely nailed Ishii with a dropkick. But other than that, it was just a match that ended with a brain buster, which lifts Ishii off the bottom of the table in the B block. Sorry, on in the A block. Um, and leaves Tangaloa behind in last. Save for Naito, of course, who's default last on zero points and out of the tournament. But... Um, yeah, Ishii picking up the slack for his never open weight six-man championship team, the other two of which on zero points still in the B block. Um, after this match, Tungaloa has a big smile on his face. He says it felt good to fight Ishii, and he doesn't mind losing, <laughs> which I guess is a good um, attitude to have when you're Tangaloa in the G1, because that's what you'll be doing. Ishii isn't so happy with his record, of course, fine with the win, um, but looking at his record in general, he, he understands that his, you know, uh, the momentum's going to have to continue from here, but as he puts it, he likes, or is used to, living life on the edge. Um, it's kind of signaling confidence into the matches ahead of him. Um, then we had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Great Khan, which is the current leaders of the A block. And of course, they organize all these matches ahead of time. Um, but, uh, you could argue this should be the main event given their, you know, the, the, the early leaders in this A block. Uh, and Charlton does a really good on English commentary, a good job of talking up their styles as kind of shoot based and, um, embracing the strong style vision of the New Japan of old. And Khan's not afraid to grapple with Zack at all, but uh, it's not your normal chain wrestling stuff. What they produce is more of a freestyle kind of wrestling, of uh, jiu-jitsu and, well, you know, pro wrestling jiu-jitsu. It's not the same, but um, yeah, it's, it's just um, different, interesting. Khan, somehow at one point in it, Khan busts his nose up and um, he's, he's bleeding from that. So he wipes it away with his taped up hand and then his, you know, his usual white taped up hand kind of becomes a bit red. It makes him look even more menacing. Um, but yeah, Khan more than holds his own in these grappling exchanges. So then uh, Zach decides, well, he wants to show that he can hang with strikes and he allows himself to be Mongolian chopped, but he... Might have regretted that because 
you know, that kind of targets the, the trap or the traps both really. He's, he's doing double chops. And so then when Khan, sorry, when Zach tries to respond with European uppercuts, his, his shoulder kind of fails. Like, it, you know, that's the part of his body that was being targeted by those chops. And he, and he really sold them as, as big moves as, uh, you know, Khan's doing his whole scream and everything <laughs> as he hits him, you know. <laughs> um, so they go back to grappling. And while it would have been impressive against Zack Sabre Jr. anyway, it's even more impressive that Khan is kind of dominant in these ex- exchanges against this Zack Sabre Jr., who's been having this incredible run in the G1. So it's really getting Khan over as a, uh, a, a proper top guy, really, because he's doing better than the, the top guys did against Zack. Um, and just as he's ready to finish the match, he's going for the eliminator. That's when Zack strikes. He captures the arm in desperation. He lifts himself up. He manages to get it to a crucifix position while Khan's still standing and then just forces the submission quickly from there. It, again, cool finish. Yet. I like this finish better than the last one I mentioned. Uh, if it was the Clarky Cat, I just didn't... I didn't like that one as much against... Um, Who did he... I just talked about it. It wasn't Ibushi, was it? Um, yeah, it was. Ibushi. So I like this finish a lot better. Um, and I, I mean, I really like that match. I think I like this match even more. This was a really good one. This is definitely one I'd say, go go, go watch it. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Great Okan. Um, I'm really impressed with how it, it just it seemed like they were both top guys when they're not these are these aren't top guys in new japan these are up mid carters but they're not top guys and this match really made them feel like they're top guys and it got both of them over because you know you don't want to stunt what how well great okan's been doing and i don't think it really it was overdone that he was like extremely dominant against zach or anything he just I was just very impressed that he would grapple with Zach and do so well. And maybe, I think Zach maybe was a bit surprised by that. But then at the end of the day, Zach shows that he's always dangerous. And when Khan kind of goes, you know, maybe it was like when Khan goes for his finish, that's when he became predictable. When he was grappling with Zach and they were kind of doing this different freestyle stuff, he was he was less predictable and... And Zach didn't have those opportunities. But when he went for his finish, Zach knows what that is. And he was ready to go. And he finished it right there. And he also knew that that was amongst his last opportunities. Perhaps his last opportunity to really get something uh, in place to win the match. So, yeah, I really like this one. Um, Definitely worth watching. The promo afterwards had Khan thanking Zach for reminding him what it felt like to be conquered. And he was kind of like describing the conquering of villages, like of conquering women and children. It was kind of a strange promo, but he, he's got a big smile on his face as he says it all. He's just a strange, evil dude, I guess. And um, he says it was fun, but next time 
we'll destroy you. He always talks from a team perspective. We'll we'll destroy you. He's he's real into the whole United Empire thing. If you haven't noticed. Uh, Zach says that uh, oh the big boy has some checkers, but they aren't soy boy checkers. He he's really complimentary of Khan's technique. He says he was the uh, that his biggest test yet, the strongest opponent that he's faced. Um, so again, you know, just they they're kind of putting each other over here. Um, but he's not so complimentary of Khan's hair, the green plait. He's like, I can't believe he goes shot. He's like, it's it, Zach saying like, it's not like he glows that on for his wrestling matches. He he lives like that. He goes shopping like that, and then he starts to play out what it must look like for Khan to be out paying his electricity bill. Because I think that's a thing in Japan, like that you still go and pay those things. You don't necessarily just get an email and pay it online. I, I might be wrong about that, but that was the example that Zach used that he'd be out paying for his electricity bill. And, you know, they'd be looking at him funny, like, well, what's that green plat about? And he's like, oh, well, I have it. It's green for the United Empire. And they'd be like, well, what's the United Empire? And he's like, oh, well, it's just uh, me and a group of uh, dickheads. <laughs> he said something like that. Um, just, you know, your normal Zach promo, really, at this point. He's really finding his groove, though, in this tournament, that's for sure. The next match was Toru Yano versus Kota Ibushi. Yano brings a little black bag to the ring and Ibushi's worried about it. He wants it checked. But then when he gets too close, Yano throws it over his head and tries rolling it up, uh, rolling up Ibushi. But when that doesn't work, he throws Ibushi outside. He tries to roll him up in the, the ring apron um, and have him counted out. And Ibushi just makes it back in. Like the announcer's beginning to say 20 just as he gets into the ring. And then the next trip, trick that Yano tries is the uh, he tries to tape... Ibushi's feet together, but he gets kicked away and then kind of dragged into a wrestling match of all things. Ugh. So Ibushi lands a Kamigoye to the back of Yano's head. Yano doesn't manage to avoid the front version, but then cops a Bomeye instead, and then the proper Kamigoye with the knee pad on, but that was enough. It finishes the match. Ibushi puts the hood on Yano before leaving him to be helped out of the ring in darkness. So this match was at least short. You know, they kind of got straight to the point um, after. they Well, you know, they did the ha-ha stuff, and then they got straight to the point. I think it was, I mean, it might have just been like a five-minute match or something. So, yeah, not too bad. Um, and then Yano, he's scared of the dark, of course, so he's hollering about that backstage and Ibushi says oh that one was close you know I nearly fell for his tricks again but not this time he enjoys these type of matches and he won because he believes in himself yeah okay and then the main event was Kenta versus Shingo Takagi the dragon the hawk Kenta goes straight for the right arm of Shingo's that's been constantly uh, targeted throughout the tournament so when Shingo starts to fight back with that arm, he has to clutch it each time in pain. So uh, nothing really sticks for him. And Kenta's in control for the, uh, the, the first portion, large portion of the match. Uh, until there's a, a pop-up DVD that earns Shingo some respite. That's about the 15-minute mark. He gusts into his second win. He ignores the pain for the most part as he throws some elbows and 
The comeback continues with a made in Japan for a two count and then a huge superplex. So Kenta goes into desperation mode. He pulls the referee in front of Shingo, which knocks the referee down. And then he drops Shingo with a low blow. And then he drags a couple of steel chairs out from under the ring. He holds one down over the right arm of Shingo with his foot and then slams the other one down onto it. Uh, Hits him a couple times like that. And then retrieves the referee. Locks in game over the cross face with the um, the right arm isolated. But Shingo still is able to scoot to the ropes and have the hold broken. Then Kenta runs in looking to keep that advantage. But he meets that busted right arm that takes him out. Shingo's determined to use the arm despite how much grief it's given him so he tears away the bandages on it he hits a pumping bomber that gets a two count Kenta fights out of a last of the dragon attempt but he's pushed into the turnbuckle that he removed the padding from earlier and then he stumbles straight in to Shingo last of the dragon that's the finish and this was also a very good match um I don't know if I can pick it was just very different matches this one and the Zack Sabre Jr. and Great Khan matches. Very different matches. Both very good uh, and both worth watching. And this one, though, it was a good example of just that bastard heel. He didn't only cheat. Like, it wasn't just like an evil match of just constant cheating and interference and stuff. He cheated here and there to kind of keep the advantage. Um, and then it's uh, it, it's that selling throughout the really really good selling from Shingo throughout the match that just keeps you invested and going come on Shingo come on get don't let this guy do this to you so then it's even more sweet when there's that poetic justice of Kenta running into the corner that he exposed and then taking the finish last of the dragon um to see the babyface win the match clean yeah that's a that's a good one. Um, Shingo always says this. I oh, know I'm saying it wrong, but uh, it's like it's that's that's ka- <laughs> it's that's that's ka- or like something like that. Um, he's, I've seen he says that throughout matches and stuff. I've just I've noticed that, and apparently I've just for the first time saw it in the subtitles that it means according to those here I am. And so he's. Just constantly announcing his presence, I suppose, because I just, uh, that's one of his, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's like a a saying, a, a catchphrase of his. It sounds cool too. I'll have to say it, I'll have to learn how to properly say it but um, in Japanese. But uh, yeah, no, so he's talking to the audience, the winner, Shingo Takagi, he uh, knows he can still win the tournament, but it's a really important match for him next. It's against Kota Ibushi. He says he's been waiting to face him for a long time. Um, he says, you know, they were meant to face off in the, the Tokyo Dome next door because they're in Korokuen Hall. But um, the only singles match I'm aware of them ever having was in last year's G- G1. And Shingo won that match, but of course Ibushi went on to win the whole tournament. Uh, and they haven't had a match since, so that is a big one. Um, and Kota Ibushi's really... He started off slow, not just in kayfabe, but still, you know, he wasn't quite the Kota Ibushi of old yet. And I mean, maybe he was, maybe he did that on purpose. 
maybe he wanted to have kind of average matches so that we I mean I don't know that doesn't sound like Kota Bushi, but he's also a bit crazy who knows anyway oh, what I'm saying is that he's um he's 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 getting back into his groove so that really could be uh, a great match I'm looking forward to that one and then uh, well anyway backstage so Kenta acknowledges the loss to who he calls the Hawk uh, but now he looks ahead he's got Great Khan, who he thinks is pretty good but he looks a bit weird and creepy that's mostly all of what Kenta uh, had to say Shingo comes back there he's icing his arm he talks about the match backstage uh, in that how Kenta's very tough but he wants him to drop this hawk nonsense he says why don't you change your name to Hideo Hitami <laughs> um, he's like oh that might be a licensing issue he says Kenta's a great name it's just like the great Kenta Kobashi so if he's going to use that name he shouldn't do anything embarrassing while using it and um, he finishes Shingo he says he's hurt so he's going to head home and go to sleep. Having the last laugh there, Shingo, clearly. Um, yeah, great. There you go. So A-block standing, Zack Sabre Jr. now on top with eight points. Great Okan taking his first defeat, also on eight points with those extra Naito points. Shingo, Kenta, Ibushi, Yano, they are all on six points and still in it. Yujiro and Ishii need to work hard if they're going to get anywhere. Tangaloa is apparently happy to be where he is. Two points. And Naito, once again, of course, out. So that's it. That's the G1 as it is. Well, I'm mostly up to date. But uh, hey, we ended September. Next week, we'll start October. And... Um, get through the next few matches that I can get through. So thank you very much for listening to this part. And until next time, have a good one.